Welcome to Pridescape, the official podcast of Pride Northwest, home of the annual Portland Pride Waterfront Festival and Parade, and much more. Each month, we will be bringing you the latest Pride Northwest updates and important news and information affecting Oregon and Southwest Washington's LGBTQ community. To learn more about Pride Northwest, visit our website at pridenw.org. And now your host and executive director of Pride Northwest, Deborah Porta. Hi, and welcome to Pridescape. I'm your host, Deborah Porta. Over the last six plus months, if you've gotten gas, been to a grocery store, or received a recent power bill, then you're more than aware of the rising costs of life. Depending on who you follow or talk to, we're in or close to being in an economic recession. Some say worse is coming, while others say it won't be too bad, and still others say, what are you talking about? Uh, We'll see. Either way, we thought now might be a good time to have a bit of a financial conversation. Contrary to stereotype, the LGBTQIA2S community is financially sensitive to economically rough times, and we kind of wanted to look at ways to navigate those times. I'm pleased to welcome Natalie Burning, Financial Advisor with OnPoint Investment Services, Raymond James at OnPoint Community Credit Union, to talk a bit about navigating times like this. Thanks for joining us, Natalie. Thank you for having me on, Deborah. Sure. Um, well, let's, um, before we jump into some questions, give us uh, a snippet of what uh, we were talking earlier about your, your formal title. What, what does that mean? What do you do? Yeah, I'm a financial advisor, which means I work with our members here at On Point Community Credit Union to identify their financial goals and then put together a plan to reach those goals using various investment tools. So it's a pretty broad, broad role I have here at the credit union. But another piece of what I do is education. So I love working with our members on kind of becoming more financially literate. And I've Mm -hmm. had the opportunity to speak with um, many different groups through seminars that we've put on, through opportunities like this, talking to groups about ways to check in with your financial health, and make sure that you're on the right track for reaching the financial goals that you may have. Nice, right on. Well, let's just jump into, let's start kind of at the beginning. On Point is a community credit union. What's um, what's the difference between a credit union and a so-called traditional bank? Yeah, before I get into the difference between the credit union and a bank, I'd love to just give a a very brief history on On Point Community Credit Union, just to give your listeners some context if they're not familiar with us. So we were founded in 1932, so 90 years ago, by a group of teachers. And so we originally were Portland Teachers Credit Union, which means you had to be in education to be a member. And then in 2005, we were granted a community charter in Oregon and Southwest Washington so that any member in our community was able to join. At that time, we changed our name to On Point Community Credit Union. So we have members that go all the way back to Portland Teachers Credit Union and newer members that are uh, only familiar with us as On Point Community Credit Union. But we remain dedicated to our founders' commitment to building strong communities. So you know, teachers have that commitment to you know, building up our students one by one. And we do the same thing in our community through uh, donations, volunteering, scholarships, supporting teachers, uh, as well as what I was just mentioning in that financial education piece. 
Right. So that I think that background is one of the first things that I would say is a difference between a community credit union and a bank. So banks by their nature are for-profit organizations. So they exist to return profits either to their private owners or to um, stockholders if they're publicly traded. Right. And credit unions are not for-profit institutions. So unlike big banks, we're, member, we're a member-owned cooperative, which means that profits made by us or by other credit unions are returned back to their members in the form of things like reduced fees, potentially higher savings rates, potentially lower loan rates, as well as what I was just mentioning um, through donations, volunteering, scholarships, and cash gifts that we're able to give. On top of that, you know, we really see our role as helping our members overcome any financial challenges they may have and achieve their financial goals. Mm -hmm. So I say when I sit down with a member and talking about, you know, their financial picture, you know, my number one priority as a financial advisor at a credit union is to make sure that our members are you know, financially sound and secure and have a pathway towards reaching their goals. Now, I'm not saying that advisors at banks don't feel that same way, but I do think there's a, an additional pressure when you're a for-profit company and you're looking at the bottom line in a different way that a credit union's not. Oh yeah, there's a, I don't know what the right phrase is, but I think of it in terms of there's a, there's a difference in the worldview of, of what's driving the work. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's not a dig on banks, but no, the purpose for existing is 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 not absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, as a financial advisor, you know, a lot of what I do is help people invest their money, and we invest in banks. So you know, it's certainly not a, a sure. like you said, it's not a dig on banks. It's just we have a different focus, and we have a different you know organizational goal. Right. Right. Perfect. Well, let's move into. In terms of, uh, you know, most folks I know in my personal experience, I'm like, well, how do I know which bank to choose? I'm like, well, that bank looks cool. I saw them in a commercial, you know, there's what, uh, but I'm assuming and I'm guessing that the decision probably needs to be a little bit more intentional than that, at least should be, I should say. What, what should someone talk about, ask themselves when they're looking at what in banking institution to go with? There are quite a few factors that I would recommend you look at when you're trying to decide whether you want to stay with your current financial institution or if you'd like to move to a new financial institution. And they center around a few main areas. And mm -hmm. I'll dig into each one, but just to give you a headline view, you know, one of the things you're going to want to look at is products and services that are offered. You're going to want to look at account and service fees. You're going to want to look at interest rates and accessibility. And finally, you want to make sure that your funds are secure. Yeah. So going into each of those in a little more detail, you know, when you're looking at what products and services are offered by a financial institution, you could ask things like, um, do they have checking and savings accounts that fit your individual needs? Do they have uh, experienced and effective mortgage loan officers? What kind of credit cards do they offer and what kind of perks come along with those cards? Do they offer any unique auto loan features that could save you money? What kind of online banking tools do they have? Mm -hmm. And what kind of financial planning or investment management services do they offer? And so when you're looking at those products and services, you want to make sure that, you know, for many people, 
having one primary financial institution helps keep life simple. And right, Deborah, yeah. we're all looking for ways to simplify our lives in the, you know, in today's age. So, oh, yeah. you know, if you could have one financial institution that hits all these different services and features that you're wanting, that's definitely, I would say, a point in favor. And, you know, one of the credit union myths that I often hear is, you know, that credit unions don't offer all of the same kinds of services mm -hmm. that banks offer. And so, you know, we do offer, you know, all of those things I just mentioned, you know, we do auto loans, we do mortgage loans, we do commercial real estate loans, we have financial advisors, we, you know, have full access to the stock exchange through our Raymond James relationship. So, you know, just because um, we're a credit union doesn't mean we wouldn't also have all those same features. So, you know, when you're looking at that, I would say compare all the different institutions in your area to see that they have everything you're looking for. The next thing you're going to want to look at is account and service fees. So, you know, uh, over the years, you know, there's always been various, you know, news articles that pop up about, you know, various financial institutions that are charging excessive, you know, mm -hmm. fees and, yeah. And so I think that's something we all want to be really aware of. So we want to make sure that we're keeping as much of our money in our pocket as we can. You know, we all work very hard for, you know, each dollar that we earn and giving it up in fees doesn't feel good. So, you know, check in yeah. and see, you know, what do they charge for those various products and services we just mentioned? Make sure you're not blindsided by things like a monthly maintenance fee, an overdraft fee, a paper statement fee, you know, a return check fee out of network ATM fees. So these kinds of fees really can add up if you're not careful. And so just paying attention to those, making sure you're clear on what the options are. Then you're going to want to look at interest rates. So, you know, as we were talking about, you know, at the top of the show, you know, we've seen inflation tick up substantially this year and, you know, towards the last part of last year, we've also seen an interest rates tick up quite a bit. So that's going to have a twofold impact in that, you know, ideally we're going to see savings rates increase. It does mm -hmm. take some time for those savings rates to, to kind of flow down after the the Fed has raised rates, but we should see savings rates um, increasing over time. So comparing, you know, what are you going to get on your savings? But then the flip side of that is with increased interest rates, we're also going to see you know, higher rates on mortgages, on car loans, on credit cards. And so, you know, shopping around to make sure you're getting the best rate um, on those debt instruments is also really important. And yeah, so, you know, yeah. again, I'll just say, you know, looking at things like a credit union versus a bank, you know, with the credit union's nonprofit status, you know, our bottom line goal is not, you know, returning funds to shareholders. And so we often do have incredibly competitive mortgage and auto loan rates. You know, I'll share a little, a little story. Um, before I started working here, I was a member of the credit union and I yeah. became a member of the credit union through a car loan. So uh, it's probably 15 years ago now. I'd have to look at when I first opened it, but I set up, I was doing a rate hunt for an auto loan and OnPoint had the most competitive rate. And I was, you know, in my twenties, it was my first car loan. So, you know, it was a late twenties, but, um, and so I got the car loan, I did it all online. And then I needed to change the one of the features on it for my direct, uh, my direct payment. And I had to come into a branch to do it. And I remember just feeling, I wouldn't say dread, but I certainly wasn't looking forward to making a trip to the quote unquote bank. I mean, it was the credit union, but to me, I didn't really like have a big, um, 
a difference in mind. It just felt like that's where I have this car loan. It's a banking thing. I have to go to the branch. It's going to be a total pain. I'm going to have to wait in line. And I showed up at a branch and there was a greeter who was so friendly and so welcoming. They were able to help me immediately with what I needed to do. And I remember leaving thinking, that was a really great experience, which I don't feel like we always have that feeling leaving a financial institution. Yeah. And yeah. so when, when I was looking for a job as a financial advisor, I was looking to make a job change and I saw the job at OnPoint, I immediately remembered that feeling I had walking into a branch and having worked here for seven years, that feeling hasn't changed. And so, you know, having, you know, like I was saying that, the car loan is what brought me in, but the service and the atmosphere is what kind of, I would say, locked me into a lifelong relationship um, with the credit union. So all that to say, compare your rates, you know, shop around. We often have a competitive rate, but it's something you want to pay attention to when you're seeking out a financial institution. I'd have to, I want to just sort of piggyback on that a little bit, because, you know, for folks in our community, how we're engaged with how we're, how we're treated, how we're greeted, how we're, all of those things really matter at the Absolutely. end of the day, because if we can have the greatest rate in the world, but if we don't feel safe going in somewhere, it's not really going to do all that much, you know, so that's, that's, Absolutely. I love that story just because it does, wherever it is, someone chooses to go, that is the service you get there is a big consideration. Absolutely. And being open and welcoming to all members in our community is mm -hmm. so important to On Point and something, you know, I think all organizations always have room for growth. And it's something, you know, we're always working on is, you know, how do we make sure that we continue to be an environment that all people in our community feel comfortable in? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So back to the boring stuff, <laughs> um, you know, some of the other things you're going to want to pay attention to when you're trying to figure out if an institution's the right thing for you is accessibility. So that could be online accessibility, uh, where branches are, if you need to go do an in-person thing like I did that one time, I was like, I need to go in-person to a bank. Um, we now have over 50 uh, locations through mm -hmm. OnPoint. Uh, we have standalone locations, and we also just took over quite a few locations in Fred Meyer branches around the community. And so accessibility for in-person, yeah. accessibility for your online banking, and then ATM accessibility. And so I think one of the things you want to make sure, you know, and this kind of circles back to that fee, if you needed to get cash somewhere, where are you going to get it? Do you have to drive around all over looking for one specific bank? You know, can you only go to the specific credit unions ATM? Like, how does that all work? Mm -hmm. And finding that out from each institution is really important because if you're if you're not say in, in the Oregon region and you needed to get cash, you're traveling, are you going to have a fee if you were to bank with us? And so many credit unions, on point included, are part of ATM networks. And we're part of one called MoneyPass and one called the Co-op ATM Network. And they give access to surcharge free or fee free um, access to over 60,000 ATMs nationwide. So banks probably have a similar, um, you know, some banks 
you might be able to get them from various um, various ATMs with no charge, but that'd be something you want to pay attention to is right. can you access your funds in various locations regionally? Is it going to cost you anything? And then are there locations? You know, we've been leaning into opening locations. Many banks have been kind of leaning out, right? And, and yeah. closing locations. So if it's important for you to be able to do in-person banking, which a lot of people still like that face-to-face -face banking relationship, you know, yeah. having that accessibility piece is, is really important. And then the very last thing I'll touch on is security. So, you know, you want to make sure that the institution either has FDIC insurance or NCUA insurance. FDIC insurance is what banks use and NCUA insurance is what credit unions use. Both types are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. So there's no difference in the security of a bank deposit that's FDIC insurance insured versus NCUA insured. Now, almost all banks and credit unions are going to have one of these two types of insurance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've seen with the rise of digital currency, some online banks who tout themselves as savings or savings vehicles, um, and they offer high interest rates, and they are not backed by the full faith of the U.S. government. They are backed by a digital currency, which if it fails, you know, your money is not guaranteed. And so, you know, just being aware that, you know, if you're not regulated, um, you can put on your website, you know, save your money here. And I, I've seen it firsthand, save your money here, you save your money there. And the, your not, not just the insurance isn't guaranteed, but your deposit itself isn't guaranteed. So something oh, to be aware of, you want your savings, you know, if you're investing and it's investment money, it's, you know, that's, that's an investment choice. But if it's money that you're thinking, this is safe. They're using the word savings. Mm -hmm. So then you think, okay, well, this is safe. Um, it needs to have FDIC insurance or NCUA insurance to be, you know, safe in, in that level of safety. I'm glad you brought that up because as, as, as quickly as, as technology is changing and money is changing and what constitutes money, I don't think it had actually even occurred to me that uh, some sort of money vehicle like that could not be insured. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you know I saw a, a website and, you know, I read through it and at the very bottom fine print, it says, you know, your deposits are not guaranteed, but all of the, the large font print says, you know, save, earn, you know, 9% interest on your cash savings. And, you know, something I think probably many of our parents said that rings true still to this day, if it sounds too good to be true, it mm -hmm, probably mm -hmm. is. And so when a bank and credit union are paying half a percent or 1% on insured savings and something online is offering 9% on savings, you know, that should raise some red flags and make you go yeah. back to these questions we've been talking about. Is it safe? Is it secure? Can I access it? Are there any restrictions on me accessing it? So and, and, you know, like I was mentioning, there's a place for, you know, risky investments, right, in a portfolio. Yeah. But mm -hmm. if it's if it's in your mind, it's your savings, it's your emergency fund, it's going to pay your mortgage, it's going to pay your rent. You know, you don't want to not be able to access it when you want to. And so, you know, just being aware of the different types of savings or investments out there and understanding the features of them. Absolutely. Well, let's in move forward to uh, talking, you know, thinking about our safety of our money and being able to pay our bills and accessing, because I've heard 
all kinds of uh, doom and gloom stories about people not being able to access their money uh, and things just go off the rails. Moving into something that no matter what comes for our future, an economic downturn, the, the economy's not, not looking too pretty at any point. What are ways that folks can protect their money, protect their assets, um, to make sure they can take care of themselves? Yeah, when we think about protecting ourselves, I think there's the short-term protection and there's the long-term protection. And mm -hmm. so in the short term, we want to make sure we can pay our bills and we can, you know, keep a roof over our head and food on our plates and, you know, hopefully keep our jobs. But then in the long term, you also want to make sure that, you know, you're not forced to make short-term decisions that impact your long-term financial health. So, you know, we also all hopefully would like to retire at some point. And so, you know, if we have to, you know, tap into retirement savings now because we didn't plan appropriately for short-term um, financial problems, that can lead to longer-term financial problems. And so, you know, I think that there are a lot of things we can do to kind of dial in our financial wellness to weather the shorter term uh, economic downturns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the economy is always going to go through periods of growth and retraction, right? We have periods where we have strong jobs growth, strong economic growth, you know, wage increases. And we have periods of time where there are layoffs and, you know, we all have to tighten our belts a little bit. And that's the normal um, cycle of an economy. And so it's not abnormal and it's not unexpected that we're going to have periods of time where the, the economy retracts, where we have a recession, where the market's down. So knowing that that's going to be something that happens with some regularity, you know, over the years, being prepared for it when it comes, you know, it's going to set you up for success. And so just like we, we don't know when we'll get sick, we're probably going to get sick at some point with something. And so we want to keep doing our financial or our health checkups, right? We want to keep doing our financial checkups. And um, so I would say just like, you know, in looking for a financial institution, there's a, there's a long list of things that we can do um, to, kind of prepare ourselves the best we can. And not all of these suggestions will resonate true with each listener, right? So each yeah. there's some some that will make a lot of sense for some people and some that, that won't fit. So, um, you know, the first thing that I think you should do is just conduct a financial checkup. And so what I mean by that is become educated about your own finances and your financial picture. Map out your income, your expenses, your assets, your debts, look at all the line items on your budget. This is not something that folks need to do every month or something. It's really something I think, you know, leading into a economic downturn is a great time to do it, but I try and do it annually. So my husband and I uh, yesterday were just talking, oh, I think it's probably time for us to do our, you know, annual financial check-in and just like, look at what do bills look like? How have things changed with inflation? How do we need to adjust things? Mm -hmm. You know, on onpointcu.com, our website, there's budget calculators that can help you determine how much you're earning, how much you're spending. Nice. And, you know, you want to just have a clear picture, right? You can't make any adjustments till you know where things stand currently. And the next thing I'd recommend you do is identify areas where you could tighten your budget. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to tighten it now, right? If, if, 
you know, if you still are feeling very secure in your employment and you've got a decent emergency fund and you feel like your budget's working for you, you don't need to make any changes necessarily, but identifying things that you could change or you could cut back if we do go into a, you know, a deeper recession, right. you know, that way you're ready. And mm -hmm. so things that I recommend is, you know, cutting back on leisure travel, if that's something that you have in your budget currently cutting back on things like, or delaying non-essential home projects. If you own your home and you've got some, you know, fun things you'd like to do, you know, delaying those, looking at going out less, um, looking at getting rid of unused subscriptions. I think we probably all have that subscription we signed up for five years ago <laughs> that charges once a year or something. You're like, oh yeah, that thing. I'll remember to cancel it. I'm feeling last called year. out here, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's me too. It's me too, Deborah. I signed up for an online fitness program in the height of uh -huh, the pandemic. Uh -huh. I used it three times. It's charged two more times since then. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so, you know, just because I work in this industry does not mean I'm immune to needing to go through these steps. I also am like, I've got to cancel that online fitness thing uh, that charges once a year and it hits and I go, oh, dang it. I didn't cancel uh -huh, it. So, uh -huh. uh, and then I think to myself, well, I'll just leave it because I've already paid for the year. So I don't want to cancel it. So I'll cancel it right before it charges next year. Right. right. And I think we all do that. So finding those items in your budget where you say, okay, if things got tight, I really could cut back on these things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's less fun, right? It's less fun when we say, okay, we're going through a recession and, and money might be a little tighter. So we need to cut back. But you know, your future self will thank your present self for making those sacrifices, right? There's that. Um, for not racking up credit card debt on a high interest card in times when money's tight, you know, if possible, you know, finding ways to cut back. Now, something you should do now while, you know, while potentially, potentially we're headed into a recession, potentially we're already in one, but currently, employment is still looking pretty strong. So many of us have jobs right now and hopefully we don't get laid off, but if we did, an important thing to do now is create that emergency fund. So OnPoint recommends having three to six months of living expenses in a savings account, an FDIC or NCUA insured savings <laughs> account, not some, uh, not some investment that you hope will do really well, right? But, but in savings. And it's hard to keep money in savings when you know, you know, maybe it's not earning very much interest and you feel like maybe I could be doing something better with this money. But having that cushion really protects people from needing to put money on a high interest credit card or pull money from a retirement account or take money out of an investment when the market's down. So having that buffer is really critical to protecting your long-term financial goals. And yeah. so if if you don't already have an emergency fund and it feels like you're not able to save to kind of build one up right now, you know, I think there's little things you can do. So again, you could find those little places in the budget you could tighten. If you canceled a $50 subscription, you know, a monthly subscription, put that $50 into savings, right? Don't just mm -hmm. let it reincorporate into your budget, set it aside. Um, if you get a 2% cost of living raise each year, you know, try if you can to put some of that into savings um, if you get that increase. So finding those little ways can really help. Now, through the pandemic, you know, many people found themselves in pretty significant financial distress. And so, yeah. you know, it, the reality is that 
that these those two tips might not be something that are possible right now for people. And if that's the case, you know, I would love to direct folks to some resources that we have through the credit union for um, kind of financial wellness, financial counseling. So for our members, we have a partnership through Green Path Financial Wellness, mm -hmm. which gives access to personalized free one-on-one -on -one counseling, which helps with credit report review, debt counseling management, student loan debt counseling, and housing counseling. And so oh, wow. this is a service that our members can access free of charge to really help in those situations where you know, saving a little more isn't going to fix it, right? And cutting back on your subscriptions isn't going to fix it. And so that can really help our, our members and our community members who are finding themselves struggling financially in, you know, what we've kind of been through as a community over the last few years. And then we also have a program called Enrich, which is free and open to the public. You can access it through our website, um, even if you're not a member. And that lets you build up your um, financial literacy. And so you can, through that program, identify some financial goals. You can get tips on how to make progress through those goals. And there's different tools, like I was mentioning the budget calculator. So mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. feel like, okay, I don't need debt counseling or student loan counseling, but I could use more handholding than you know, this conversation provides, anyone in the community can access Enrich on our website and get some more detailed information on kind of on these things like building a budget, cutting back on expenses, finding ways to lower, you know, credit card debt you may have, things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, based on, you know, what we we're talking about earlier with interest rates, you know, and other things people can do and this is getting I would say less relevant as interest rates continue to increase. But, you know, if you still have a high interest auto loan or mortgage, you could still look at refinancing. If the current rate is already higher than your current rate, I would say just keep an eye on rates. If we do go into a full, you know, deeper recession, we may see interest rates come back down again. I don't have a yeah. crystal ball, so I don't know if that will happen, but keep an eye on them. And if rates do come back down again and you miss the opportunity to refinance debt, when they were low, you know, the past few years, there's could be opportunities in the future to refinance higher interest debt. And then finally, if you're a homeowner, something you can do now to give yourself a little cushion for the future is look into doing a home equity line of credit. So for many people, home values have increased over the past few years. And so you might be sitting on a decent amount of equity in your home. And you can open a line of credit that you don't use yet, um, just to have it available so that if we did have a significant market downturn, you could draw from the home equity line of credit versus things like high interest credit card debt. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So those I would say are my main kind of my main tips for kind of trying to be proactive in advance of a deeper recession. And then just things to do on an annual basis to make sure that your financial health, your financial goals are kind of headed in the right direction. Perfect. Well, that is all incredibly useful information. Uh, I've made some notes. I'm like, oh, I need to check on that. Me too. <laughs> when I have these conversations with the people, I often go, oh, I need to do that too. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just the the world we live in and 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 we this could be such a much deeper conversation, but 
so much of our lives are are impacted by financial decisions and and we don't have a lot of just ongoing learning that we get to do about how to make those decisions and and there's a lot that's out of our control there's all of these things so this is um this is really helpful i, I know it has been for me yeah um, absolutely i mean it's so true because you know we don't teach financial you know, personal finance as a required subject, you know, in schools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's, that's no dig on teachers. I mean, they have their, their hands full as it is, but it's just to say that many of us come into adulthood with not a lot of financial experience and know-how. And, you know, some of us have parents that, you know, are able to pass some of that on to us. Some of us don't. And, you know, financial topics can often be, emotional topics. We yeah. often have a lot of, you know, emotional baggage, emotional thoughts, like around, you know, financial matters. It can be difficult to talk about. It's often not something that's, you know, going to come up over happy hour with girlfriends or with guy friends or people friends, right? We're often not going to go, you know, I was wondering if we all wanted to do a budget session. And so, you know, a lot of times we're left going, well, I feel like I want to do more, do better, you know, be more financially healthy, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, that's where I would, I would really encourage folks to check out that Enrich program on our website. It covers so many topics. It's very user-friendly and, you know, you can just click, you can do a program where you can say, I want to learn, you know, I want to do budgeting and I want to figure out what steps do I need to take to prepare myself for um, a, a mortgage. Maybe you don't have a mortgage yet and that's a goal of yours. What do you need to do to get your financial house in order so that you can buy a house? Those are things we often don't know. And that program can can teach all those things at, at no cost. And so taking advantage of those kinds of resources, I think can help set you know each individual in our community up for a better financial future. Nice. Right on. Well, thanks again, Natalie, for joining us. Absolutely. If any of your members are interested in having a more in-depth conversation with me, I'd be happy to, you know, have have people reach out. I'm I'm here at the Lake Oswego on Point Branch. So I love having these conversations with people and getting to know, you know, about their financial situation and any ways we can help. Right on. Well, thanks again. And uh we will include when we put this episode up, we'll include uh links to the resources that you've mentioned. And, Perfect. Uh, if you need any information or follow up, just let me know. Sure, you bet. I'd like to take a moment to thank our longtime sponsor, Nike Incorporated. Nike's purpose is to move the world forward, to take action by building community, protecting the planet, and increasing access to sport. Thanks again, Nike. Thank you for listening to Pridescape, the official podcast of Pride Northwest with executive director, podcast producer, and host, Deborah Porta. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on what you heard here today and to support the work of Pride Northwest, go to pridenw.org.